we're hitting on week two here of a series called No Ordinary Father. And last week we talked a bit about what it is to uh, ultimately have a heavenly father and, and be a representative of a heavenly father and community. This week we're going to kind of dive into a, a different space. We're going to talk about the blessings of the father and ultimately hone in on the fact that we've all been adopted by God the Father. And uh, last week we kind of honed in on a correct perspective of God, that he's not some cosmic killjoy that wants to just rule over us and catch us doing wrong and gotcha, but that we have a loving Father. And the perfect image you could ever imagine a Father being, he's ours and this week, we're just going to take the next step. So let's jump right into Galatians 3.14. In the New Testament, this passage says, Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So we've got this moment here where we're saying, God is blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham. What is this thing called a Gentile? What is this whole Abraham deal? And so we got to take a little history lesson like all the way back to the beginning in the book of Genesis, at the beginning of your Bibles. There's a story about this guy named Abram. And God was looking at his people who had, had already given in to sin and, and were bearing the ramifications of that and they were worshiping idols and just giving themselves over to things he never intended mankind to have to deal with and have to go through. But our intentions were, were leaned towards evil. And so he was trying to find a, one to choose that he could have a chosen line through, like a chosen lineage. And he chooses this guy named Abram and changes his name to Abraham, which means numerous, right? You'll have numerous kids and gives him these visions of, uh, even though he's old in age, these visions of being fruitful and, and being the father of many nations. And he gets all these promises of being blessed and inheriting incredible land and just these this, this amazing promises. He tells him at one point, look up to the stars. Count the stars. You can't count the stars you can't count the sand, and you'll have more offspring than both, which was a blessed living at that time, right? You were considered blessed to have just many, many kids, prosperous. And you look at this, and you go, maybe you've heard the song. Maybe you know someone who grew up in church, or you yourself grew up in church, and they would sing this little kid song where they would go, Father Abraham had many sons. Have you heard that? Many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right arm. Yeah, it's like, okay, Christian hokey pokey, you know? And so uh, uh, I, that's like this vague, 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 vague memory, because I did grow up in church until I was like five or whatever. But I just, and then I was gone until I was like 20. But just looking at that going, that still sticks. It's still a song people have heard and know. And it's talking about 
this. The fact that Abraham was this chosen line. Well, things didn't quite go out as God planned. You know, you read the whole Old Testament and people would try to live perfect and they couldn't. They would fall and, and then judgment. And then people, another generation would try to live perfect and they couldn't. And then they'd fall and then they, but this chosen line still existed. And so you had Israelites or Jews and this, the non-chosen, everybody else, all of us, right? The rest of us, Gentiles, they were named. And so Jews and Gentile. So now you have this moment where God's saying, it's, I'm going to change the script. I'm sending my son into the scene. And through him, I'm the father of everyone. And now everybody, Jew and Gentile alike, can come to faith and be in the chosen line. They can all be sons and daughters. It continues in, in Galatians 3.26. You are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham, you are his heirs. God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So we are all now chosen. We're all now in this line of God. If we've made the decision to choose Jesus as our Lord and Savior. There's this incredible promise of, well, ultimately, any promise in the text of Scripture is yours. To the right, to the claim. Because of this moment that God has brought about through Jesus that all of us are the chosen line. We're all sons and daughters of God. We are now considered the actual blessed line of Abraham, even if we're not in the line per family rights, if you would. So God's blessings are yours. You can pray them. You can own them. When you're reading through the Bible and you see a promise in it, that's yours if you've chosen to follow Jesus. Like, you can just go, yes, I love this. Ephesians 1.3 says this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us, chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And so we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. And if you were here last week or you listened to the talk or maybe you watched the talk online, you know that we have the best father you could ever dream of. It brings him great joy to have us in his family. He's not mad at us. Even if we came in today not ready to even think about choosing to follow God, he still is, his love is just waiting for you. He's just, there's riches, there's blessings just awaiting. He's not angry. 
We are fully a part of a family. As moment we cross that line of faith, we're fully a part of a family with all of its blessings. The Father's just ready with open arms and a willing heart to pour out into our life. And when we look at these blessings, we've got three we're going to hit on. The first blessing I want to hit on today, and so if you're filling in the blank on the handout or online, the blessing of adoption. Oh, by the way, did I, did I skip over our big idea? I did. I totally jumped over it, didn't I? Our big idea is, is uh, God's blessings belong to you. So I forgot to say that before we jumped into the thoughts. I was just so anxious to get to adoption. Have you really stopped and thought about that fact that you're adopted by God? Like, so some of you, if you've grown up, like myself, my mom and dad together grew up at home. I've, I've been in a crazy family, as every family would probably identify, theirs is. Um, and, but I don't know physically what it's like to be adopted, but I do, like, I was adopted into the spiritual family of God when I made a decision to follow Jesus, and that's still like, but, but put yourself in the situation and the magnitude of if you had no family and you're awaiting what's next for you. Some of you who do foster care in here and, and have foster adopted, you understand this firsthand and could probably give more detail to this than I could ever dream. But even thinking about it, just from observing, it wrecks me, as we just sang about. It just wrecks me. When you're thinking of who will protect you, you, know, you have no home. Who, who will give you rest or provide like protection over, like authority over a space so that you can just like let go? Who will throw your graduation party? What'll happen when you turn 18? Who will walk you down the aisle? Where will you sleep tonight? I mean, just put yourself in all those emotions and uncertainties. And then think of the magnitude of the fact that God comes in as a heavenly father and adopts us so that none of us are without a forever family. Spiritually. Multiply that physical context we can imagine exponentially to understand the emotions that we truly should experience when we hear we've been adopted into God's family, that we're heirs of the kingdom. Even if you've been there for years in a home, in like a, consider yourself in a foster home, until you're adopted, the permanency you lack. So I thought maybe video would help you get there to the place we should be. Watch these two moments people find out they're being adopted. All right, well, there's one more gift. We have one more it's gift. It's not from Grammy, but it's, yeah, it's another gift. Why don't you careful open it up? There we go. 
I want you to read it. I'm going to be adopted? <laughs> we love you, sweetheart. We'll always be your parents. I love you so Wow, allergies. Have you guys had this problem with allergies too? Your eyes, like it's just something gets in there and it starts to water. That's what it looks like. To discover all of a sudden that I have permanency. To understand this is now, this is my identity. Um, to have a family, to be his children, to have permanency and blessing as a, as a child of God. And, and man, when we wake up every day, I know it's when we wake up, we're, maybe the first thing we realize is, man, my knees don't feel like they used to when I was 30. What's wrong with this body of mine, you know? Or maybe um, other thoughts are going through your mind, but What would it be like to actually just realize the awe that we should wake up with to be children of God? The emotion there to just maintain that or be able to at least, when we're giving gratitude to the Lord, pause and go back to that moment of faith when we choose to follow Jesus. And maybe you've yet to get there. That is just perfectly okay. Your time will come. I sat in church for six months before I made a decision to follow Jesus. I just had to process it. But the moment I did, like all the blessings I inherited, I don't know that I grasped the 
hugeness of it, but we should grasp it. When we read the Bible, when we open the Bible, we should be able to find such amazing gratitude to the plan of God for our lives, for us. He had us in mind all the way back at Abraham that he would be able to pour out blessings on us, adopt us into his family through faith in Jesus. When we worship, it wouldn't just be trying to figure out the words on the screen or the rhythms or the notes, but it would be like, I don't know if you watch any of the reality singing shows or just general talent shows, and it's always the singers that advance. It's like, this isn't a singing show. Why do they always give the golden buzzer? Oh, anyway. Uh, so you're just like, spoiler alert, it's always the singer. Um, but you just look at this and you go, what, what do they usually say? They're like, man, you could just feel what you were singing. Like you were so authentic or genuine. When we worship, God, and we're singing songs out of a relationship with Jesus, that's like the gratitude of being a part of his family should just ooze out of us. And as we sang earlier, it should just wreck us, right? That part just wrecks me. By following Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you do a lot more than just make yourself right with God. You change your lineage. You change the name. You change your entire future. It's a big deal. And you're blessed for it. 1 John 3, 1 through 10 puts it this way. See how very much our Father loves us. He calls us his children. And that is what you are, we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we're already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But when we do know that we will uh, be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there's no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Verse 7, dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who, are, who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they're children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. So that's kind of brutal, right? It's kind of like, whoa, children of the devil. I do not suggest going out to lunch afterwards and if you're treated unkindly by somebody, saying you're a child of the devil. You know, it wouldn't go over well. 
Just saying, use some wisdom, a little bit of thinking. Uh, but what this is challenging us with is the reality of this contrast between somebody who's a part of the family of God and somebody who's yet to understand what it means to be a part of this family. Maybe the challenge would be, are you living up to the family name that John was trying to get across here? We need to understand how to live as adopted children because things change. If this is a different home, different rules. We're not only took on, we didn't only take on his name and the blessings that come with it when we became Christians. We also took on expectations. Are we living more like Jesus every day? Or as we say, are we growing in a relationship with Jesus? Does our life point people that don't know him yet, as spoken of in there, does it point people to understand Jesus? Or are we living a life that has a confusing message because we say we're about following Jesus, but the way we're living is really no different and so people are like, so why? Like, what is this thing that you're doing? What family are you a part of? Your old practices are a part of your, your story, and they're nothing to be ashamed of. I've never been one to, to think, oh, man, woe is me. I went through the first 21 years of my life. I've been, no. Like, the first 21 years of my life, God is using to help me help others. And... I look at this reality of the responsibility I have as a member of the family of God to live this life of purity, to live this life for him, to understand who I am in his name. Let my life change according to my faith. Grow in my relationship and watch life take on new riches and meaning. That's the challenge to us. And it leads us into thought too. To really live out the blessings of our inheritance. Like that, to be an heir, right? We have blessing of inheritance. The rights of an heir to the kingdom of heaven. And overwhelmingly beyond us to comprehend what that means, right? To say the least. But we must consider it. What is it to be an heir to the kingdom? How rich are we? To know that our eternity is marked as followers of Jesus. I remember getting an inheritance when I was a teenager from my grandfather. And although it wasn't a lot, it was enough to, to help come alongside what I had to buy my first car. But there were like rules that came with the inheritance. There were expectations as to how and when I was able to spend it. I had to have the oversight of authority and my parents' agreement. I had to, you know, there were just different things there. And, uh, and I, I was grateful. It was like this, this, it wasn't just buying, it was an Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme, 1979 with shiny wheels. Oh, 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 you know, it was nice. But anyway, uh, I get this car, and it was this moment of just, like, gratitude and kind of sorrow but joy 
that I was even able to purchase a car. And I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to receive an inheritance, but that's, there's, there's emotions, there's rules, there's expectations. And it's the same here. That's what God's trying to communicate through John is, yeah, you've got this incredible inheritance, but there is like, things are going to change. As when we receive this news that we're adopted and we're in the member of, of, of we're a member of God's family and a direct heir of the kingdom, it's not just. I mean, it's eternity and like life to the full now. And what does that look like? We we get to start to read through the scriptures and figure that out. And the way we handle this inheritance will show the world around us. Our love for God as well as our love for people. And it's ultimately our witness. Like what changes? What's the impact of our new relationship, our new family? Does our behavior change? My wife's a teacher. And she's got little ones, early kindergarten. And she can see the impact of family dynamics in a classroom. You can see, all the teachers and educators are like, yeah, you can. If You know if something's going on at home because it comes to school with them. And things become a struggle. You know those whose families having troubles. And troubles come to school. You know when family life is getting better. And better comes to school. Behavioral changes occur. I think we just need to be aware. It's like we, it's something we just take for granted in society, but being a part of a family is a big deal. And maybe even some, I don't know, some might express becoming a part of the family in an unappealing way. And I think this has always been a challenge for me when people make a decision to follow Jesus and then they're like, well, since I became a Christian, I guess I can't. It's like, whoa, that's kind of unappealing. I stopped getting drunk when I became a Christian. I'll just throw that out for free. I was definitely an alcoholic. And I, when I became a follower of Jesus, I was like, okay. Like, ultimately, he just took that from me. Sometimes I feel guilty when I'm walking alongside somebody who's trying to get free from that addiction. And I'm like, just like the day I made a decision to follow Jesus was the day I became free. And I don't know what it might be for you, but things changed instantly in my world when I made a decision to follow Jesus. I still didn't understand it. I still made a lot of mistakes. I still make mistakes. But you're not missing something by becoming a follower. I didn't say, well, I no longer get drunk every day starting in the morning. I'm a Christian. No, I like stepped into life, not out of it. I stepped into promise, not out of it. And I just think if our mindset, our mindset of our inheritance needs to shift, if that's our perspective. Like we are living an adventure of unlimited possibilities and promises. Everyone in, every one of the promises in Scripture is ours. Like there's no limit to it. 
And yeah, you might not do everything the world around you does for sake of conscience and others to be a good witness. But just like an athlete doesn't contaminate their body with things that don't fuel their potential, like we have that opportunity to discipline our bodies and our lives so that we can be the most effective testimony to the world around us. So what are you doing with your inheritance? How are you making the most of this new family you are in once you make a decision to follow Jesus? Are you walking in it yet, or are you just aware of it? We're already, we've already read the first part of 1 John 3, but there's this passage in 1 John 5.21 that talks about really God's desire for his recipients. And it says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. See, once we become a part of the family, watch out because people are going to try to tear you out of that family. They'll try to convince you it's not as good as it really is. It's the crab pot mindset, have you heard? You know, where one crab tries to get out of the pot. If there's two crabs in there, the other one's going to grab his leg and pull him back down. We gotta be, we gotta be careful. I can't imagine how it grieves the heart of God to see us squander the inheritance. We talked a few weeks ago about the prodigal son who went to his father and while his father was still alive and asked for his father's inheritance. In other words, Dad, I wish you were dead right now so I could have my dough and I could have my portion because I want to live now. And he didn't realize that within that family, he had everything and could live life to the full. And he didn't realize that until he went out and squandered all of it. He got his inheritance. His dad gave it to him. And he came to a point, rock bottom, where he made his way back to his father. And he thought he needed a prepared speech. And, and he was worried about the reception and thought he would become a servant in his father's house. But his father had open arms and a loving heart, welcomed him right back in and put the family ring on him and welcomed him back into the family. I think maybe some of us are in that spot, right? Oh, I was adopted, but then I, I asked for my inheritance and wandered away. Come on back. Come on home. Because wandering, when we have these blessings of this incredible heavenly inheritance. Man, run home. You don't need a speech. You don't need to get cleaned up before you show up. God is so faithful. And he's so patient. And his love is right there. It gives him great pleasure to love us back. Even if we've messed up in such a way we thought, I'm not deserving of this family. You are. Yeah, we're none of us are deserving of the family, but that's what's beautiful about Jesus. God sent his son so that we could be welcomed back into the family. So we have to be aware that the enemy would love to make us put our trust in things other than our inheritance, our family. Whether it be putting our trust in, in sports instead of God. And we're, however good I can be, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip our family gatherings. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to come to the meetups. I'm not even going to show up at Easter because I am going to be the best athlete in the world. 
Maybe. Maybe it's uh, we escape through alcohol as I used to. You know, I'm, a, I'm just going to, this is going to be my escape. This is going to be my inheritance. Whatever's grown in the land or whatever, I'm going to just find my peace here. And we don't find our peace in the family. Or maybe it's going to be pornography. We're going to, instead of finding pleasure in the, in the design, godly design of marriage, I'm just going to give in and I'm going, to, I'm going to squander my inheritance. The enemy wants to use anything he can to lure us away. And then he's going to lie to you telling you you don't deserve grace. And that it doesn't still please God to welcome you home. He's a liar. Welcome home. His grace is ready for you, no matter how far away you think you are. Is God still at first place in your heart? That's the question in First John. He wants to be number one. Thought three, the last blessing we'll hit on is the ultimate blessing, right? The gift of salvation. The gift of salvation. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of death for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2.8 says it this way, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's, it's a gift from God. When it comes down to the, the greatest blessing of all, it's, it's Jesus. The fact that God would gift us with his son's life to take the sins of this world upon him so that we then could be free from sin. What an incredible gift. But we have to take that gift and receive it by placing our trust in faith. By saying, okay, I'm believing that this is going to bring me into the family of God and I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to say I'll follow Jesus and that he's my Lord and Savior. We begin to believe that God really did what he said he did and Jesus going to the cross and covering over our sins and three days later raising from the grave, conquering death, hell, and all these lies of the enemy. None of it because we deserved it but because his love was just so extended to us. And it's like the adoption papers are slid across the table and we've been given a pen and oh, the decision is ours. Are we gonna sign that paper and say, I'm gonna be a part of this family? And the moment we do, the blessings are ours. We're a part of the family. But one of the other gifts Listen to this. Luke 11, 11 through 14 says this. Your fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Uh, maybe if you're being funny, honestly. You know, hey, it's not bread at all. Okay, anyway. Uh, no, if you ask for a fish, you're going to get a fish, right? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Or of course not. So if you sinful people... Know how to do, give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, one of the parts of the gift of salvation is that the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. That's all part of us like God living in us, right? His spirit is in us. We become the temple of God. 
That means this thing called life that's going to try to throw us for a loop and we're going to have a mess sometimes all around us. God is with us. God is in us. We're the living examples. We're Jesus with skin on now to the world around us. It's an incredible gift that comes to us in the moment of faith. The Holy Spirit living in us. Like there's so much. Like that's our identity. Our identity is wrapped up in the fact that we're children of God. And I think like that's what I'm just, I'm consumed with this this moment or those videos and you see this emotion. I want us to feel that. You have a home. No longer do you have to worry. No longer do you have to think it's on your own. And that's why we're going to pause and remember today, ultimately, what I already gave you, the action thought. Remember the blessings. We need to pause, even daily, and consider all the blessings God has given us. The best way we can, we can pause and what we are taught in Scripture to do to pause and consider the blessing of Jesus is to remember Jesus through the receiving of communion. And first, we'll pray and we'll have an opportunity, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to, to do that. The Bible challenges us to not receive communion unless we've made a decision to follow Jesus because that way we're not drinking or eating condemnation on ourselves. But this is what Jesus did when he was right before he was crucified. He took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And in, so in turn we have pieces of bread, even gluten-free option over here for those. I don't think Jesus broke gluten-free bread. But anyway, it's not what we're talking about. It's a representation of his body. Uh, and then we have grape juice. He took wine. It's all ages here, people. And, uh, and we take this bread and we dip it in the grape juice, which is a representation of the blood he shed on the cross. And we remember him. He challenged us to do that. And then again, in, in the New Testament, it challenges us to do the same. Like, receive this when you get together. So today, we're going to remember the blessings of Jesus by receiving communion together. And I challenge you, put your faith in Jesus if you have yet to. Don't wait as long as I did, six months sitting there in church processing. Just get into the family and watch the transformation that happens in your life. And today as the worship team sings and as we, when we feel comfortable, stand up and make our way to the communion place, take a piece of bread, dip it and eat it before it drips on us. Uh, you don't have to hold it and wait. I don't know your background. Some churches make everybody wait, you can just take it right there so that you don't wear it. But I, I just want you to really consider the depth of the blessings the Father has brought into your world by bringing you into the family of God. It should mess us up like those kids. Like we should really be in an incredible place of awe. God, your promises floor me the fact that you would want a sinner like me as a son should wreck me. And it does. Daily. 
that all these promises and blessings in Scripture are, are mine, that I'm a child of God and an heir even of all the blessings of Abraham. This is insane. And God, I know some here have yet to get to that place probably where they would say, Jesus, I want to follow you as Lord and Savior. I want in this family. That's it. It's time. And God, if somebody here is at that moment and they want to make a decision to follow you, I just want to provide space here. They would simply say, Jesus, I follow you as Lord and Savior today. This is my day. And that God, you will allow the skies to be bluer and life to be different, that this inheritance they get, the blessings they receive right now would floor them. Just as it did me on June 6th in 1993 when I made a decision to follow you. Life has been better since. It's been an incredible adventure. And I pray the same into every person's life here. Now God, as we stand today and as we make our way when we feel ready to receive these elements of communion I pray that Lord that we would be so grateful for all the blessings of your body Jesus that you gave for us you went to the cross for us and the grave for us and as we dip that bread in the juice and remember the blood shed for us on the cross that washes over our sins and makes us white as snow as your word promises we're floored the doors that open to us through faith in Jesus. And we remember these blessings today as we celebrate communion. In your name we pray. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? Worship team's going to sing. As you feel comfortable during this song, make your way to one of the stations. Gluten-free is over here with the label in the white bowl, looks like. And then um, uh, don't cross-contaminate the juice next to it. It's just for the gluten-free, for our gluten-free peoples. Some love out there and then uh, make your way to one of those worship team sings and then Jaden will come and close us in a few.